never die, we multiply. Listening to the Tom Franklin Show on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. Good morning, everyone. And hopefully, when you hear heard my theme song, and I'm kind of alternating my theme song these these days uh, in terms of "Never Die, We Multiply." It's, I don't. I asked Harry, the station manager, to play that not from a morbid or or a mundane or even somber standpoint, but just to kind of um, really emphasize our our ability our ability to to resurrect our ability to, to revive our, and actually our ability to get sustained for future generations. We're not gonna be on the planet forever. Uh, next uh, next week I celebrate, so I'll celebrate my 74th birthday. And I say that as a blessing that yeah, every day is a blessing. Every day is, is also an eternal present. Um, and, and so, you know, never die, multiply is not to, don't think that I'm trying to commit suicide or urge anybody to commit suicide, but no, on the contrary. Let's uh, live our life to the to uh, to their fullest, and not only our life to the fullest, but for future generations. And we're talking about uh, for today's show. For it's going to be a little abbreviated for just thirty minutes um, about future generations and future health and and future prosperity and future uh, uh, just thrival, not just thriving, but thrival. So breaking the code. We're going to break the code. This this morning, and uh, Maritza Bond is going to help us to break that code. Uh, Director of Health for the City of New Haven, Maritza. Good morning. Good morning. It's such a pleasure to um, be on the air with you again. Once again, Maritza. Yeah, indeed. And it was really good to see at the various uh, aldermanic uh, meetings. And I don't know how you guys do it by working when you're an alder. You may have a full time job, but certainly it's not as full time as you guys do working nine to five and still have to attend all the meetings and and have and and, and answer our questions and our mm-hmm. and get testimony and our inquiries. But tell us about breaking the code, breaking the code as director of public health. What's 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 yeah. what's, what's what's that all about? First, Alder Ficklin, I would like to say happy birthday. Thank you. Dear. Um, and I hope that you have something special planned because celebration of life and being still on this earth to fulfill a purpose and also leave legacy is so vital. And so I, I love your opening remarks because, um, you know, it's very true um, when you share those tens, you know, the sentiments. And um, it is my hope that each viewer or listener um, is living to the fullest with purpose and legacy. Um, and, you know, in my role, I get the honor and privilege to serve the city where I was raised to be able to promote health, prevent illness, and protect the overall health of the residents. And we are doing that by extending this Breaking the Cold campaign, which Mm. is really an effort for us to continue our awareness around um, COVID-19. And as you know, the um, pandemic has evolved and changed uh, Mm. since three and a half years ago. And for that, I am grateful. Um, but it's still relevant. It is a respiratory illness that's still um, prominent in our community. And it's part of now of other respiratory illnesses that affect our residents. And so we are here to um, try to break this code because our vaccination rates um, around children 
remains to be extremely low. Mm -hmm. um, and so we are extending our Breaking the Code campaign to continue our efforts in bringing awareness. I mean, that's great. And so what's pro proactively, what's, I know you've had some of the health fairs uh, at Edgewood Park and, and, and elsewhere uh, earlier in June, uh, but are, are we targeting parents? Are we targeting the vaccine clinics? What's the ways to kind of move, move the needle for folks to be proactive? So we're actively targeting and campaigning for six months to five years old. And we're doing that um, through an array of efforts um, and offering not only ourselves and incorporating through the physicals that we offer at our health department clinic and vaccines, um, the regular standard vaccines for getting into schools, we're also working with our vaccine providers throughout the city and mm. in ensuring that we are making vaccines readily available. And so we have a website where um, our different clinic sites and different parts of the city are participating and, and also making sure that educational resources are readily available. Because as parents and a parent myself with two young men now, um, it's important that uh, parents have the information that they need to make the best decisions for their child. And, and what's the, the, the city website? It's uh, it's COVID19NewHavenCT.gov. Repeat that again. And so you can do NewHavenCT.gov and navigate mm -hmm. to the health department or it's COVID19NewHavenCT.gov. Perfect. And how important, I mean, we know, believe it, Unfortunately, the summer will pass in September or, or late August will be here soon when students will be returning to school. Uh, but that, that younger population and even the preschool population, I, I, I'm told that their vulnerability, that they are vulnerable unless they get vaccines. Is that correct? Yes. Um, we know that the COVID-19 vaccination continues to protect children against severe disease. And its studies have demonstrated that um, children that are vaccinated are less likely to miss school or have less missed school days um, because of the severity of the symptoms. And mm. oftentimes when you're not vaccinated, the severity of the illness um, can be prolonged mm. and that can be avoided once you're vaccinated. And in terms of bilingual, because um, people think about, talk about Yale being Yale town or uh, university town, but we're also at an, inter, it dawned, it's dawned on me, I've been here since 1971. Really, we are an international city. Uh, yes, I mean, for sure. You know, we are a very equally diverse city. And I, I, I think that's why I love New Haven so much. You know, it's like a third and a third and a third of individuals. And so we're working um, and this campaign is a bilingual campaign where we're making sure that we are targeting um, those with language, uh, you know, that speak another language to ensure that we're developing information that's readily available, not just in language, but also culturally appropriate and literacy friendly. Mm -hmm. um, because oftentimes we're, you know, we're using this medical jargon that's on a level that really should be used in for clinic providers and not necessarily is um, for the public. And so mm -hmm. we are very conscious through our health literacy initiative to making sure that our information is vetted and easily understood for the community. And you you, you referenced that the CDC and for, and for better or for worse, some people will, will recognize what CDC stands for. Others might have feelings about the initial uh, controversy or just disparate messages from the Centers for Disease Control. But are you getting what, 
these days current and accurate and up-to-date information from them? So the CDC is no longer calculating community levels or community transmission levels as they were. Um, the the tracking of the the pandemic has evolved and changed because the um, emergency declaration ended back in May. Okay. And so we're utilizing um, a number of different resources to be able to assess risk in our community. And that's looking at our sewage in our city, as well as looking at um, still looking at hospitalizations as a, as a metric, because we also have yeah. individuals that have test kits at home. And so mm -hmm. it's not actively being reported um, as it was required in the past, or when the test kits became available, the less there was less reporting um, in addition to the um, the new available resource for for our residents and, and really across our country. And so um, we're no longer calculating to that level. And so we have we're using different metrics to be able mm. to assess risk. Good. Excellent. It, you know, it just dawns on me, Maritza, as director of public health, uh, whenever I talk to you, the the, the challenges that are on your that are on your shoulders, and certainly we're going to talk about your partners and and the community assistance that 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 you have. Um, boy, it's the I guess what I, what I what I'm hesitant to ask is some people think it's over, you know, mm -hmm. that it's done, that we can move on, but you're saying, well, let's wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's evolved where we were three and a half years ago and that that's the that's the fortunate news and what's the unfortunate news is that it's been now lumped into an array of respiratory illnesses um like the flu and um rsv and so um we have also other therapeutic options that individuals can take advantage of should they get covid mm -hmm. um, other medicines and other therapeutic medicines that are available, which did not exist three and a half years ago. So while that is the case, um, it is still very prevalent. And so we are anticipating new guidance to come out in the fall mm. by our by the CDC um, and a new uh, variant that will continue to change. And so the, the virus will have different variants and continues to change. And um, our, our goal is to making sure that we still provide vaccinations mm -hmm. and still make it available to the public as much as possible. And so we will continue as a health department uh, to offer that as supplies are available to the public free of charge. Mm, great, great. And and you mentioned one can go to the website for uh, for further information about the centers, and but they can also come down to your, your palace. Uh, Absolutely. So we are available. So covid19.newhavenc.gov not only lists our health department, um, but it lists other providers throughout the city um, to make it accessible um, for communities. And we're very fortunate because uh, we're still working with community partners like Junta, the Community Action Agency. Um, you know, uh, Amos Smith has been a phenomenal partner mm -hmm. uh, throughout this pandemic. Our federally qualified health centers, Fairhaven and Cornell Health Hill Health Center, has been amazing mm -hmm. um, with making sure that. Uh, the community is um, is really the core of making sure they have accessibility um, and equity around access. And, and I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Maritza, that you're having an upcoming event this July at Gulf Street Park? Or you, you... Yes, it's called Mama's Love Day. And Mama's Love Day is in honor of our community health worker who 
passed um, away uh, a year ago. And this was her event and this was her baby project um, where she had put together this event in honor of her grandmother. And um, we made it into an annual event. She mm. unfortunately passed away before she can have see the event come into fruition. Mm. And we are going to we have continued that event and that event will be coming up July 15th. And so we hope that everyone can make it out. Please promote it. Um, I believe it's in your ward. It is. It um, is a ward. Ward twenty eight, one of our major community assets, Gulf Street. That's Park. right. And so um, we will have lots of resources available, not just information around COVID, but information around lead, um, our information around physicals and other vaccines. We will have a array of community agencies available. We will have music. We will have food. And so we want to invite the community to come out from all over the city, but especially those that live in that neighborhood. Excellent. Excellent. And, and Maritza, this is your second, your, your, your fourth year. How long have you been here? Almost four years. Almost four years. And in Bridgeport prior to that and, and elsewhere. And I mean, this has been quite a, quite a health journey. Some of the, some folks might recognize your name from your from your political endeavors, and, and I, we don't have time to talk about that, but I, I, I mentioned it to just, just say that wherever you seem to put your eye on, you, 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 you dig right in. I mean, you're focused on making humanity a better place, whether it's political service or elected service or working for, for various cities or, or health agencies. Well, what's, what's keeping you going? And what, what's, where's, where's the stimulus in all this? Why, why do you keep on uh, you know, remaining so dedicated and perseverant? Believe it or not, I've been in public health 23 years already, so I'm, I'm aging myself a little bit, <laughs> um, and it really stemmed from my childhood experience. I was raised in Fairhaven uh, section of New Haven and saw a lot of social determinants um, that it was impacting that community. And before, that, before that term even existed. Correct. And so seeing, you know, the housing conditions of violence and the drugs that were overcoming our community and wanting to prevent it from happening. I didn't know quite um, what that would be until I took an introduction to public health at Southern. Um, I'm first generation um, family member that went to on to college and very grateful for the support of my um, extended family who were there for me. Um, in supporting everything that I that I did, um, but I took an introduction to public health in the late ninety in the mid nineties with mm. the prof a professor who at the time was the New Haven health director. So, mm. Bill Quinn. Bill Quinn, yes. He was my professor, ah. and I I heard it was an easy course. I'm not gonna lie. So <laughs> I I took the course because I was a freshman. And that, it was recommended by my advisor, and it was the best course that was recommended because mm -hmm. at that time, AIDS was very prevalent in our community. And uh, there was a nonprofit organization that was ran by his wife, mm -hmm. Peaches, Peaches, yes. Mm -hmm. And I volunteered and learned about public health and declared a major that year mm. because I found my calling. Mm. Um, and so I've been devoted to public service since then because it's personal to me. Um, you know, I'm very community driven. Um, whatever community I serve, I invest into it um, because I've worked in rural, suburban and urban. Um, and I worked in almost every corner of the state before coming back to my hometown. And so I'm very grateful for the last three and a half years 
um, almost four years to be able to be back in the city and sitting at the desk where the professor and the health director was served as my inspiration to yes. go into the field. Yes. And Talk Pe- about full circle, right? The universe. Yeah, absolutely. And and Pe- Peaches and Bill, they they live in Ward 28 as well. So that's uh, right. You know, to, I'm just saying, I'm just, 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 I know. The, just the, 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 the unity. Uh, you, and you, you, you graduated from, from, from Cross and for the, the, uh, the governors that, that graduated just uh, last last month, June, what would you what would you say to some of them in terms of their their journey? And because I know you've you've had a chance to address the, the school on various occasions. I actually was the commencement speaker two years ago. I had the honor to, um, when Edith Johnson was the principal, um, invited me. And ironically, I had graduated. It was twenty five. My it was my twenty fifth year anniversary of graduating from high hmm. school. And I was the commencement speaker for the second part of the graduation because they're a large class. And, mm-hmm. you know, if there's any youth listening to the um, this radio interview, just remember to um, persevere um, through it all. Um, do not let individuals to dictate what your life outcome is. You get there are no barriers you get to. Um, when one door closes, there are many other doors to get to the same goal that you want to achieve and do not have any fear of anything um, because whatever you set your eyes on to accomplish, it can be done um, and just be driven by passion. Um, you want to make sure that salary is not the only dictator of uh, what you do, uh, but whatever it is that you do, let it be driven by the passion to be able to leave some type of mark into the community that you live or want to serve. Excellent. I'm, I'm kind of rushing, sensitive to the time, and really appreciate your being able to spend the time with us, uh, Maritza. Talk about uh, your your scope, and we don't we would need two or three days to talk about the scope of your responsibilities. But I'm thinking of the people who are at Lighthouse as we speak now, and they're only in the water right right at this particular moment because you've <laughs> approved approved of that happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sanitation and inspecting res- restaurants and and uh, cleanliness. So just talk about uh, some, some of your, your portfolio responsibilities and the team that you have from a structural standpoint. Yes. Yeah, so I'm very grateful for my team. I have a wonderful team um, who help um, really facilitate in protecting um, and doing infectious disease control, And I, essentially. And we do a lot of work behind the scenes. And it wasn't until the pandemic that people really saw us really live. Um, Mm. But for the most part, we're like behind the scenes testing water, like you mentioned. So we test beach water um, twice a week to making sure that there's the elevation of bacteria is normal to be able to be safe for our uh, residents that want to partake in um, the water activities. Uh, We have a new project, actually, that I'm also testing our rivers because Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that people that are out there fishing understand the risk um, mm-hmm. that they potentially can take with fishing in waters such as the Quinnipiac River mm-hmm. um, and the Mill River. So we are uh, starting a whole new uh, initiative with Save the Sound and really being able to also provide advisories around fish consumption and grateful for that partnership. But we also um, license every food establishment and food truck in the city of New Haven. And so our sanitarians are Currently, and we just did a um, FDA food webinar yesterday because the FDA codes did change and Mm -hmm. um, really making sure that our um, the consumers um, have the best quality of service being provided to them by our local establishments is very vital. And so 
uh, we inspect our uh, restaurants um, and the different classifications of those establishments um, throughout the year um, with set schedules. And it's hard work, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I'm grateful for the partners and the those establishments that are here in the city. And there's lots of um, uh, businesses, uh, people that come to New Haven to really consume and take part of our different um, venues. And so it's important that mm -hmm. our residents, not just in New Haven, but our visitors are also safe and consuming. That's our, right. I mean, that's right. We, we The uh, New Haven received that New York Times kind of designation of one of the favorite places to, to visit in the nation. I mean, that's just, there's so much yes. for us to, us to, excuse me, for us to protect them and, 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 and to, to multiply, as they say, and, and also lead paint. Share with us, a, there's so many things that we've, but, but share with us a little bit about lead paint. Yeah. So lead has been a major focus for us in the, in, in ensuring that our infrastructure is in place and protecting um, our children. Our, our model actually in New Haven, um, it was used as a best practice model for the, the governor when they passed legislation um, regarding the elevation of uh, the blood levels response and the triggers. Um, and so we respond um, and ensure that our children uh, that have elevated blood levels um, are being um, afforded the opportunity to relocate and ensure they have the safety first and having funding through mm -hmm. the federal government to provide lead abatement mm -hmm. and also our healthy homes initiative where we can look at risk factors such as things that may be triggering asthma in yes. your home we are able to provide funding for energy efficient appliances to making sure that uh people uh residents have the best appliances to be able to you know, reduce uh, electricity bills um, yeah. and um, reduce gas consum consumptions. As you know, there's been recent studies that gas can also be a trigger to asthma. Mm -hmm. So we've been working on not just, um, you know, mitigating lead in our community, but also ensuring that there's a healthy home model being um, offered. And so there's tons of grants opportunities for um, homeowners that are investors into multifamily homes, but also single family homes. Mm. And so please visit our website at newhavenct.gov to really inquire about our lead abatement program, as well as our healthy homes initiative that really is resources that are at your disposal um, to be able to take advantage of um, in the city. Tremendous. We have about another, another six minutes. And again, normally we go for 55 minutes, but uh, th things are things are hopping in, in, in Maritza's world and her universe. So we appreciate her, her planetary stop for My a few little seconds. tiny world, yeah. For, 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 for a few <laughs> seconds. Uh, uh, Maritza, if we could drill down just a little bit more in terms of this, because I've been hearing this term pediatric asthma and just for people to kind of understand that we're not, we're reacting, but we're also being proactive and, and future acting, if I, if I could coin a new word about the, this asthma issue. You know, so we are in an urban city and air quality is something that we monitor all the time. And so that's another component. Many of you uh, have shared our posts whenever we, we try our best to bring awareness. Um, and because we are an urban city, uh, we do see asthma uh, rates uh, significantly higher than um, other parts of the state. And so we work very closely um, in ensuring that we are providing education around those triggers that may be impacting, but also very closely monitoring air quality and mm -hmm. 
informing the public uh, about that safety and um, because they can cause, uh, you know, unfortunate uh, flare-ups and um, lead children into the emergency room, which is something that we want to avoid. And when, and, you know, my son actually has asthma and was very important. Um, and it's very important to understand things that in your home can be also um, exposing your child, um, mm. like dust and mm. um, dust mites. Mm -hmm. um, on pillowcases and, um, you know, cleaning products that can trigger, um, and those things of that nature. And so we work, um, you know, we have a healthy homes, um, program manager who's phenomenal, was a lead inspector for many years, um, and is readily available to serve our families. And so please take advantage of that service because we can help uh, facilitate and be able to at least, uh, kickstart you with some uh, safety measures for free to be able to get you started on reducing the risk of asthma for your child. Excellent. But Maritza, as we spend the next three three minutes, perhaps um, take your time because this is it's a whole new show in my mind about the these air quality alerts. What's I mean, people are scared, frightened, ignoring. I mean, this is this is some serious business. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know, unfortunately, we're in, a, in an era where uh, we are seeing, uh, you know, significant wildfires like in Canada, right? And, and unfortunately, impacted us here in Connecticut, where um, you really were recommended to wear a mask. And so this climate change um, effect that we are faced with, and you know, that is a priority for us as a city. And uh, Steve Winter is leading that effort mm -hmm. um, from the environmental side. However, we are closely monitoring air quality so that we can be able to ensure that individuals that are, are part of sensitive groups uh, are informed of ways that they can either stay indoors or wear a mask uh, to prevent um, having to be impacted and inhaling, um, you know, unsafe air. Um, in our communities. And so what happens in our world impacts us even locally, um, mm. just like mm. the wildfire in Canada. And so we certainly should come back, Steve and myself, in a future show and talk about some of the uh, climate resilience um, initiatives that uh, we're working on um, to ensure that we are addressing um, those concerns and they are important to us as a whole for us in the city. Excellent. I'll, I'll reach out to Steve. I saw him last night. And and when we do the show, I'll remind him of what we talked about last night. Remind me that when we do the show to to share what we just what I uh, encouraged him to do last last night. Oh, really? Is, I can't which, wait to hear about it. Well, it, I mean, it's in the same vein of the the critical nature of your job, of, of Steve's mm -hmm. job. I'm going to be speaking in a few weeks with Arlevia for LCI. Uh, Carlos for Community Service Administration. So it's just so important for our residents to know about our our, our, our city structure. Uh, we have two more two more minutes, Maritza. Share if you would a little bit, if if you're willing, about your um, your your afternoon schedule. I I think when people hear uh, <laughs> directors and health, they, they don't or just directors of any management team of any organization. The the behind the scenes, when the consumer sees the production when this when this when the the curtain goes up. But have no idea about the rehearsals that are needed, that the, mm -hmm, the scripts mm -hmm. that are needed, the teamwork, the planning, the, the, the planning. Uh, mm -hmm. So I know you might be probably meeting with 
President Biden this afternoon, but what I you, wish. What, what, what can you mention? I can give him a piece of yeah, some advice. No, well, I'm well, kidding. Well, um, well, no, but you know, in the in this overseeing, uh, you know. Uh, you know, six departments, um, you know, there's, uh, we shift um, often. So, you know, we monitor overdoses in our city. Yes. We are uh, continuously monitoring, um, you know, the lead, as I mentioned earlier, um, we are working on a, a number of different initiatives. Um, we will be launching our strategic priorities um, for the city and pursuing accreditation in the future um, and moving. Uh, mm. The health department will be moving to a new location in the fall. Um, and so Excellent. there are a lot of um, intricacies behind the scenes um, in supporting the different uh, staff and team by attending a number of different meetings that will gu guide the process um, for the initiatives that we offer in the public. I'm also serving as the interim CSA um, as of next Friday to support the transition um, from Dr. Dalal to the incoming community services administrator. So having meetings also, uh, transition meetings to making sure that I can support in the interim because I have that background. Um, as you know, I, in Bridgeport, I was the health and social services director and also part of LCI was under me. Um, but New Haven structure is very different. Um, and so I'm here in the interim to provide that support um, and so our new CSA director um, coordinator um, does um, come in uh, to take the baton, um, but certainly um, looking forward to the, that process. And so, of course, there's lots going on behind the scenes, but for the public, you know, continue to visit our website and our social media web pages because we want to make sure that we are informing what we're doing and our different initiatives we reopened our STI clinic, so um, we also right. offer STD right. services, um, Hep C testing. So please visit our website to be informed on our latest services that you can take advantage of. Excellent, excellent. So you're getting the the, the two 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 more checks for it. Is that you, did I hear you say you're, you're <laughs> okay? That's another discussion, another budget discussion. Hey, Maritza, thank you so much, Harry. That that's a wrap. Again, I, Maritza has to go. Thank she you. She has to continue to do her work. Good to see you, dear. It's, hello, the family. Uh, see you out at Golf Street Park. Say it, it, yes, I'll see you soon. And thank you so much for all of the support and the work that you do in the community. Thank you, dear. Have Bye. a great weekend. Likewise. We never die, we multiply.